When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One year is the nothing personal word of the day for September 14th, 2022. One year is the suspension that the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA will have to serve after yet another independent investigation by a sports league where they didn't hire Coca and Samson. They hired the old Wachtell Lipton Tea Firm. It's one of the go-to firms. Full investigation on the behavior of one of the owners. Just to remind you of this story, Robert Sarver was, I don't know about accused, but close enough as running a toxic workplace, making lewd, crude jokes, being misogynistic, racist, and any other possible ist you can think of that is behavior not appropriate for an owner. I always, I always smile when People say that to me, you know, that's not how an owner should act. And my response to that is always the same every time. That's not how anybody should act. I don't quite understand why when you are rich and famous or own something, you are held to a different standard. But if you are not, you know, if you are working at a different job or you don't make a lot of money, you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of friends, you don't, whatever it is, you're allowed to act a certain way. I think it should be the same sort of, level of behavioral requirements for any person with a heartbeat. So Robert Sarver gets in trouble. The NBA spends about a year investigating and they came out with a letter yesterday. It was a statement letter. It was two full pages explaining why Robert Sarver was being suspended for one year. And they hid inside the statement, the single most important part of the statement, because when, when you're getting rid of an owner like this for a year and you're disciplining an owner like this or disciplining anybody, you know the questions are going to come, especially when it comes to owners these days. The question is, are you forcing him to sell or are you just suspending him? Like the Daniel Snyder question. And so in the NBA, the bellwether for forcing to sell is Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. He was caught on tape. Oh, what was that show back a long time ago? Caught on tape, like current affair or something. He was caught on tape talking 
racist talk and forced to sell his team to Steve Ballmer. And that was the end of Donald Sterling. Generally, when owners are forced to sell, it is because of an extreme racist problem. Marge shot, biggest anti-Semite you'll ever meet. Forced to sell the Reds. But when people do things like get calendars of naked women who work for them, talk about sexual acts and condoms at employee meetings, telling like female employees, hey, you know what I have? It's big and it's real and it's spectacular. You know, things like that. You generally head toward the suspension route for being an idiot versus the sell route for being a racist. Robert Sarver did a lot of inappropriate things, but contained within the NBA announcement was a throwaway line, which was the most important line, which said, the independent investigator found no racial animus in any of his horrific actions. As though trying to make sure that we all understood, don't worry, he's not racist. Therefore, we can suspend him for one year and fine him $10 million. We're not going to take away draft picks because it's not that he did anything to screw up the integrity of the game like the Dolphins with tampering and everything they did. No, we're not going to do that. Just $10 because that's the maximum we can do. So we really got him where it hurts in the pocketbook. But do you know that for a year he can't go to league meetings? Who cares? He can't go to practices, whatever. He can't go to games. Oh, all right. That's sort of a big one. Can he watch games? I tried to explain to anyone who would listen yesterday that when you suspend an owner, it's the same thing as suspending a manager or having a manager get ejected from a game. They just go to the room, their office, and they manage the rest of the game. You think that Robert Sarver will not be running the Phoenix Suns for the next year? Don't be one of those people who are fooled by what a suspension means for an owner. Don't be the person who thinks that Daniel Snyder is not running the day-to-day -day operations of the Washington Commanders. Of course he is. It's not Tanya or Nancy. So Robert Sarver will have to stay away, pretend he's not running it while he's running it. And the question is, what can NBA players do or what can... NBA owners do to try to stop this from happening. This isn't the first team who's had an issue like this. We saw obviously the commanders in football. You know Mark Cuban had a toxic workplace as well. So many front offices in sports are so full of testosterone, so full of old ways where telling sexual jokes or being inappropriate with female employees, that is just the way it was. It's like going back and watching movies from the 70s and 80s and saying, wow, maybe we shouldn't hold the telescope through a hole of the girl's bathroom in a movie called Porky's, right? Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't have John Blutarski looking up the skirt of someone in the bleachers of a game. I get it. It doesn't mean it wasn't funny then. We didn't know better. Do you ever feel guilty about things that you thought were funny when you look back and you realize they weren't funny, but they were funny to you at the time? 
and something that's totally normal to you at a time that becomes abnormal and wrong, it's called progress. It's why I'm not sure I ever agreed with ex post facto punishment because I then, right, it's all about me and me being selfish, I would have to punish myself because I laughed at Polish jokes, right? As a, a right, it just made me feel better about everyone telling me Jewish jokes. Or, you know, you've got a priest or rabbi and a Jewish person with two parachutes, right? Who's it gonna be? Or whatever the joke was. And I think about conversations I had in a clubhouse over all those years. I think about how uncomfortable clearly people could have been with those conversations. Clearly knowing that there were homosexual players, but talking about things that were inappropriate in that regard. It's just, right, the word, the, the word fag, right? It's a word that you don't say now that that was a word that was so common back when I was in school. Fat shaming, common. I guess maybe that's still common. So one of the things that these leagues try to do is make it from this point going forward. We're trying to set new rules, new boundaries. But when it comes to owners, I don't think that should be the case. I believe that when an owner engages in the activity that Robert Sarver engaged in, that he needs to be held to a higher standard than any of his employees, than anybody, any of his players who are employees, anybody. I've always thought that as president of a team. As president of a team, I certainly did things that I look back at and say, wow, that probably was not smart. Never race related, just sort of childhood locker room related. I don't think I get a pass because I'm president of the team. I don't think my punishment should be less. If there were an employee of Robert Sarver who engaged in the behavior that Robert Sarver engaged in, that employee would be terminated. As a matter of fact, the NBA made it clear that the employees who were part of this toxic environment, for the most part, they said, I guess a few are still left, like Robert Sarver, are gone. But the reason that owners get the opportunity for second chances in a way that most employees will never get is that other owners would not allow the commissioner to make Robert Sarver sell because they all participate in the same sort of activities. They're all aware of the same sort of dysfunction in their organizations. They can hire all the diversity business inclusion they want. They can pretend that they've got a safe workspace. That's the key everyone says. We wanna make this a safe workspace. Everyone is telling you these things while they are participating and aware of more nefarious conversations taking place. But other owners are not going to let Adam Silver force Robert Sarver to sell because then one day they'll be forced to sell. That's not a good solution. So what happens if the players on the Suns and they've got a coach in Monty Williams They've got players like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, pretty powerful players, good team. What happens if they say they don't want to be in an organization where the head of the organization conducts himself in that way? Kevin Durant didn't want to play with his coach and GM and the owner stepped in and said, I don't care. Either you'll 
play together or don't play. But you're not going to tell me what to do with my coach and GM. What if Kevin Durant in this great era of player empowerment said, I've got a better idea. Why don't you get rid of yourself because I don't want to play with you as owner? It just got me thinking yesterday whether or not Devin Booker and Chris Paul or Monty Williams would have that power. And I thought about my own team. There is nobody who would have power to tell an owner, to tell our owner, to tell me, hey, you're gone. Now, if we got caught doing something that required us to be gone or I got caught doing something, I would resign or be fired. I get that. But an owner, it's really got to be race related these days, doesn't it? Because we've learned from Robert Sarver after the independent investigation that all the things that he did. Can you how stupid are you to email pornography? You're an owner, you have an opportunity to do so many other things in so many other ways. You can have so many other people do things on your behalf. I, I just don't know why you do it. He actually told a female employee, this is apparently how big his Howard Stearns were. And I just don't know why an owner or anyone in a workplace environment or any environment would say, hey, look at my private part. Isn't that a good one? It's pretty good, right? Check it out. Now, the irony of doing that in the sports world is not lost on me because any owner or president who's willing to consider that they're gonna look well endowed as compared to athletes is just funny, right? We're not athletes. We're five foot five guys, 132, although recently 136, but I don't wanna talk about that. So my conclusion to you with Robert Sarver being suspended for one year is what an absolute joke it is. It makes the other owners feel good. It makes the league feel as though they are woke and that they are leading the way as the NBA likes to do, trying to clean up workplace environments, trying to show Robert Sarver how wrong he is to do what he did. Come on. You should have taken the over on a year. All right, something coca. Play me some music. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. For all the people new to the show, and we just ran a report, there's a lot of you. So thank you from all over the world. It's pretty cool. I, I can't believe there's people right now in Kazakhstan listening. But that's sort of cool. Hey, how you doing out there? So So You Want to Talk to Samson is a movie called Half-Baked, which is a great movie with Dave Chappelle et d'autres personnes, other people. As you know, you should try to be baked when you watch it, if that's your gig. If it's not your gig, then you can still watch it. Get into my Twitter, David P. Sampson. Ask me a question. Hello, David. Hello. I'm a Packers fan. By the way, thanks to all the Wisconsin people. I think you guys are in the top 10 states of people who are paying attention to nothing personal every day. I'm a Packers fan and want to know your thoughts on Brett Favre and whether he could go to jail. I, what a perfectly timed question. So let me start with this. Brett Favre is not going to jail, okay? Are we good with that? End it, end of question. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk more. This is something going on. Brett Favre is an interesting character. Uh, is he the player who threw an interception as his last pass for every team he played for. That is a random stat that is in my head because he was a Packer, he was a Jet, 
and he was something else, Coca. He played a twin, a, a, a not a twin, what's their football, a Viking. I believe there's a chance that he threw an interception as his last pass attempt for every team he played for, which is a crazy stat if true. If it's not true, then forget it. If it is true, then it's pretty awesome. So Brett Favre, like other people of his generation, did well playing football, no question about it. But some of them have a very hard time with the reality of what current day athletes make how current day athletes absolutely make more money in sometimes in a year than they make in their career. It was always funny for Andre Dawson, who never begrudged players, but he would comment, that guy's making more than I made in my career, and he sucks. It's funny, right, when you're a Hall of Famer saying that, but it's just part of life. It's just part of life. It's not just inflationary base. It's just revenues go up, so payrolls go up and individual salaries go up and salary floors actually lead to increased salaries for more mediocre players in the NBA and in football, actually. So you go through and you and you look at someone like Brett Favre, who is one of the best quarterbacks in, well, I guess you'd say Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. So I guess they've had three of the best quarterbacks. But in any case, then you retire and you become much less relevant, much less famous. You become the guy who shows up at golf tournaments. Sometimes you get a reputation. Yeah, you're the guy who parties too much, does too many drugs. You're the guy who goes into business and becomes a huge success off the field. Junior Bridgman, go look him up. Former Milwaukee Buck, good player. He was part of the, he was traded to the Bucks for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, part of that trade way back when. He wore number two, I think, with the Bucks when he played. I could be I could be misremembering that. But in any case, after his career ended, and he obviously needed to work back then, almost every NBA player had to work when they were done with their career. He was hugely successful and still is, and has uh, just unbelievable. Magic Johnson is another great example. Huge, huge success after his career. But in any case, Brett Favre, after his career, needed to find a way to make more money, do more things. And one of the things that athletes suffer from is the it'll never be me syndrome. I'm never going to get caught for DUI. I'm never going to get caught for doing anything wrong in business. I can do anything in politics because no one says no to me and I'm an ex-professional athlete. Star, right? It doesn't happen to the scrubs who end their career after three years. But when you are one of the best of the best, you certainly feel as though you can do no wrong. So Brett Favre went back to Mississippi. His daughter played on a volleyball team at a school in Mississippi. He wanted to build a new volleyball stadium in Mississippi. He wanted his name on it, or a name, his name. He didn't want to give the money, shocking. So he said, I have an idea. Let me call the governor and let me see if I can find a way to get money. You may have read that Brett Favre got in trouble for taking payments from the Mississippi government to give speeches that he never gave, to promote certain things that he never promoted. And we did a segment on whether or not he's given it back, will he give it back? Well, now it got a little deeper when a bunch of text messages and reports have now come back that Brett Favre was working with the governor, the governor, the governor, Phil Bryant, you can't, when you're the governor or the mayor or the president of anything, don't you know by now 
That's the song. Don't you know by now that you don't put your name on anything, that you don't send texts from your phone, that you don't in any way leave any trace of any wrongdoing? You f let the underlings do it. Who doesn't know that? Phil Bryant, the governor, very likely allowed $5 million in federal welfare funds to be funneled to the project to build a new volleyball stadium, all in cooperation with Brett Favre. That's illegal. That's a misappropriation of federal funds. Lest any of you think that everybody does the right thing within government or within the private sector. You have no idea how little people care about those who are less fortunate than they as a general statement. You can cover it up with charitable work. You can cover it up with words, thoughts, emails, initiatives, committees. That's always a good one. We're going to form a committee to study why people are living under the 59th Street Bridge. And then we are going to raise money through a foundation where once a year we're going to put on a tuxedo so we can all feel better about the fact that we have a tuxedo. And yet right outside the ballroom, there are people who can't afford a meal. And this is not me being liberal or conservative. This is me telling you the mentality. The mentality is we're going to help whoever we can when we can, but we live above the fray. It's something that I think about all the time. And if I can just get vulnerable with you, being vulnerable is hard. Have you ever thought about how hard it is actually when you open yourself up, especially when you have a platform, but even if you don't have a platform, even if your platform is one person privately, or what if your platform is hundreds of thousands or millions of people? Being vulnerable to actually admitting the things that you think about or acknowledging them and then figuring out what to do, how to maybe be better, whether or not you're better for appearances or better because actually you are trying to be better and can be better. It's incredibly difficult. I get it. And I've been around so many former athletes and current athletes. I understand. I've been around so many politicians. I understand exactly what's in their head. So we took $5 million away from a welfare program. So there's a little, you know, one fewer building, part of a building for poor people and affordable housing. All these stadium deals, right? They all argue over affordable housing. No rich people, no rich real estate people want to build affordable housing, right? They want to get a supplement. They want to get a stipend to build affordable housing. Of course. It's why governments in theory collect taxes to do things like affordable housing. And when the private sector says, oh, I'll do it, they're only doing it because they're getting tax breaks somewhere else. It's all about money. It's all about business. No, we're not at the end of the show, but that's just what it is. So Brett Favre was aware that this scam was going on the entire time. You can't know or be a part of getting money when it's literally said to you, hey, this is earmarked for welfare funds and we're gonna funnel it to the volleyball stadium. The problem is they're being investigated. Criminal charges are forthcoming, have come, but of course the way it works 
when Brett Favre or the governor is involved, the way it works is very simple. Other people are going to take the fall. And that's exactly what's happening here. Which is why when you ask me a question, will Brett Favre go to jail? The answer is no. Ooh, thank you, Coco. By the way, you're not late, but I don't know how you found that. Brett Favre's last pass as a Packer was an interception, but not with the Vikings or Jets. His last pass as a playoff Packer and Viking both ended in an interception, though. All right, so that's good, but not Jets. So the, that stat was totally wrong and based on nothing. Have you ever thought that you knew something for sure because you sort of heard it and then you absolutely get it wrong? I think we all suffer from that. Okay. Ooh, we're going to go to break right now. I think we should, Coco. We're going to review a movie called No Limit after the break, and then we're going to talk about what's going on for all of you people going to the World Cup or if you're not going to the World Cup, why you shouldn't go to the World Cup. And this is not about politics or about abuses. This is about what's going on with those stadiums. We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. You've just listened to a bunch of ads. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet so that CBS can make money. Appreciate that. Please follow, rate, review, subscribe. We're trying to grow this show because we love it. We're going to keep going. Episode 661. We're going to have a Samson sit down for you next week, maybe a mailbag episode for you. I haven't decided, but I think I'm going to run the Berlin Marathon next weekend. And I have not run since July 16th. Is that a smart move? When the last time you ran... You ran down a mountain, and now you're going to go and try to do one of the world marathon majors, and you have to do it within six hours and 15 minutes, and you haven't laced up your shoes, sneakers since July 16th. I'm trying to think if there's anything more stupid than that. Hold on. Give me a minute. I watched a movie yesterday called, or maybe it was two days ago, I can't remember, called No Limit. 
the way I watch movies, as you know, is you suggest them to me or I go on all the different streaming services and I look at the thumbnails and I say, oh, that looks good. And then you start watching, you're saying, wow, that's not in English. <laughs> it's true, that actually happened. No Limit is in French. I love movies in French because I get to practice my French with the English subtitles. So I get to confirm that I know exactly what they're saying, but I'm really looking at the subtitles. No Limit is loosely based on the story of two people, Audrey Maestra and Francisco Ferraris. They are No Limit free divers. Those are the ones not who skydive from the plane. They start at the top of a water and they get catapulted down to the bottom of the ocean with no scuba gear, just a little plug over their nose like this, and they get shot down, and then they go back up, and then they die. It's sort of like the opposite of free solo, because you're going down, not up, but you have no net. You don't stop breathing when you're doing free solo, when you're climbing up a, a mountain with just chalk, but if by chance, you fall, it's not gonna end well. No limit, free diving is the opposite, right? If you have a problem, you just can't breathe and you drown. <sighs> the movie's about a woman who decides that she wants to check out what this sport is totally on accident. By accident is the right way to say that, but there's some people who say on accident. I'm not sure why they say that. It's by accident. Someone corrected my grammar. Hey, I'm calling you out there, Sheldon. I'm totally fine with you correcting my grammar and then coming back to me and saying that, oh, you're right, but by the way, I'm right too. We can both be right. A little off the subject here, Coca. I don't agree that right now the dictionaries have made it and certain websites have made it that incorrect grammar can now be correct simply because so many people say it incorrectly. Just because you say something over and over again doesn't make it true. Bothers me. Towards is not a word anymore. It never should have been a word, but now it's a word because it's in the dictionary. It's toward. Leave off the last S for savings. I don't mean to call you out, Sheldon. I love that you contact me. I love that you're a fan of nothing personal. And I love if I say something wrong, I want to know about it and I'll correct it. It was about you, Coca, by the way. That's a good one. There's no way irregardless is in the dictionary, though. Is it? It can't be. Irregardless is not a word. Regardless is the word. Oh, Coca, what dictionary is irregardless in? Is that in the regular, like, online dictionary? All right, I'm going to lose my mind. Can we take a break? Irregardless is not a freaking word, period. That's the most perfect example, Coca. Enough people have said it. Now they put it in the dictionary. So now all the people who say it can say it's a word. It's absurd. How about, is it in the dictionary for all intensive, like intensive care, for all intensive purposes? Is that in the dictionary? Because enough people say it wrong because they don't know that it's for all intents and purposes. Is that in there? Did enough people say it wrong? It's ridiculous. So No Limit is in French. It's a movie about a, a woman who says, I'm going to 
go to go to a, uh, I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to go meet people. She meets people. She gets involved in the diving world, falls in love with the diving instructor, becomes a diver, and then something bad happens. The reason why I'm not going to have you watch the movie, it's an interesting story, but I'm going to have you pass in the movie because I'm going to spoil it for you right now. She dies. It's not great. It's a beautifully shot movie. It's a beautiful a- acting job by both of them, only because I love good acting in French. I think that everyone sounds better in French. It's easier to be a good actor in French, isn't it? Right? It's just because the language sounds so much better. But the problem is the movie is just okay. Literally just okay. So skip it. Okay. (laughs) That's two okays. Can you cut that last one out, Coca? All right, ready? We'll go from the end of the review. Four, six, 69. That movie is just okay. You can definitely skip No Limit. Who's going to cut her? Anybody? Anybody want to go? I've been. I went to visit troops there in Doha in 2011. That was something. I was scared, I admit it. We had security with us. It was fine. Visiting troops was always amazing. Love that I got to do that. Anybody buying tickets to go to the World Cup? Remember we did the segment, you better be in one of those alcohol zones. You better not bring it into the airport because then you're going to go to jail. And believe me, the president's not going to come up calling to be helpful to you. I promise you that. NGTH, not going to happen. So, Cutter's in the news again today because they built all these new facilities. I've told you the story about how they came to Miami and toured Marlins Park trying to understand how to construct facilities. And I, I tried to get hired by them to be their stadium consultant. Yes, I would have taken their money. Absolutely. Yes, they should have done something with me because I know how to do something on budget. Under budget. When you've got too much money, it almost guarantees that you're going to get taken advantage of. And boy, did they ever. When you open a new facility, you do what's called a soft opening. A soft opening is when you have an event there where you've got, let's say, in a 40,000-seat stadium, you bring 5,000 people in. Then you do another soft opening, but you bring 10,000 in. If you've got the time, do another soft opening with 20,000. And then you build it up. And the reason why you have to do that is that all of the systems within a stadium have to be tested. And I don't mean the big flush. The big flush is where before a stadium gets a permanent certificate of occupancy, you actually have people come in and flush every toilet in the entire stadium at the same time, just to see if by chance that happens during a game, what exactly is going to happen? And will all the pipes burst and there'll be sewage? Now, of course, you don't know if there'll be sewage because no one is flushing actual movements down. You flush clean water down, but I guess they just look for leaking water or exploding pipes. Cutter in their Biggest stadium in the World Cup, and they've got, whatever, eight of them or 10 of them. The biggest one is a capacity of 80,000. They had a football match. They brought in over 70,000 people, and it was an unmitigated disaster. The disaster was there was no place to park. There was no place to eat. They ran out of drinks, water, food. 
all the things that you hear about here in the U.S. that happen at ballparks. Can you imagine a stadium running out of hot dogs? Can you imagine a stadium running out of water? It's unheard of. You can't do it. It's like going to a festival and having no water, like a music festival. No, not good. Cutter said, normal, we're fine. But there was something that was a little different about this. One of the problems in their opening when they had 70,000 people is that there were places to park where people were given parking passes for parking lots that didn't actually exist. There were not enough points of sale for concessions. It wasn't that they ran out necessarily. It's that what they thought existed did not exist. Do you think that's because there's no governing body that oversees permitting process or any other sort of systems that are put in place to ensure that certain things are not forgotten? Don't ever forget what this World Cup is about. This World Cup is about sports washing. This World Cup is about making you believe that nothing bad happens in Qatar and they're throwing money at you so that you will say everything's fine. They don't care about running out of water, running out of food, having no place to park. They're going to tell you about the $17 billion of economic impact from the World Cup. You're going to read that a lot. They're going to tell you about the millions of people who are going to descend upon Qatar this November and how great it is. That is all a bait and switch. You think they're doing this for profit? Come on. Haven't we learned to be more sophisticated by being a part of nothing personal? Don't let people or countries or politicians or companies or hosts or anybody feed you a line of BS anymore. The way we deal with our logistical issues with the stadium is that you communicate with your fans what the issues are going to be and how to avoid them. You tell them to come early, you put maps online, you hire more security. There are myriad things you can do to make the in-stadium experience better for your fan. Certain things are just a fact of life. If you've gone to a Dolphin game, you sit in traffic on the way out if you don't leave early. If you go to a game at MetLife, you expect to be in the parking lot for two hours after unless you strategically park near an exit and don't stay till the end. It's normal, right? Just because you are delayed or online to buy food doesn't mean that the stadium has done something wrong or the systems are not functioning properly. I used to love lines. How many of you go to Disney World? Any of you? How many of you in Disney World are willing to wait on a line that's 45 minutes long? And they say it. But they're playing music. They've got the spritzers that make you less hot, right? They also do the, uh, they have things you can buy online, right? They're doing all sorts of stuff. We agree with, we agree on that, right? We're just entertaining you while you're waiting because it's crowded 
And by definition, there's going to be a line. Now, you could rent the whole park out, I guess, or you could rent out a ride in Disney World. You could do all sorts of stuff like that. You could have a private place in a stadium like a suite. You could have people go wait in line for you. You could order from your seat if you're seating in a better place. But at the end of the day, you expect certain delays and certain problems. Don't go to the Cutter World Cup and expect that it's all going to be roses and sunshine. It's not. Nothing personal pick of the day. Do you know we had the Cubs plus 355 last night? But I'm still counting it as one win. We're 104 and 80. The Cubs beat DeGrom. I had to listen to Coca all night long. Total Lionel Richie last night telling me how upset he is with the Mets, how he's upset with me. It's my fault because when I have the Mets as a pick of the day, they lose. When I go against the Mets as pick of the day, I win. He calls it the David Sampson curse, and he started listing all the teams. He thinks that I've done in Al Cantera of the Marlins and the Tigers and the White Sox and the Mets. He, he just, it's funny. I had to wait to see for, to, for yesterday the, uh, it's, come on, Coca. Wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. When it happens, it happens. When it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm going to revisit it. Yesterday, my wait to see was Mike Trout's home run streak will end. And it ended. You think that's like a curse by me? What are the odds that he's going to hit home runs in eight straight games? GMAB, Matt. Come on. Don't lay that on me. And the Mets have 89 wins. They're in first place. They have the second best record in the National League. What curse? Now the Tigers stink. The White Sox are playing better. Do I get credit for that? Anyway, the Cubs won. We're 104 and 80. I have a game for you to watch. Please. It's important that you watch it tonight. Just because it's pretty cool. The Cardinals are playing the Brewers. The Brewers are starting the guy who I thought had a good chance at the Cy Young. He's not going to win it. Corbin Bernson. And going against Adam Wainwright. No, I know it's not the guy from L.A. Law or Major League. It's Corbin Burns. Adam Wainwright is pitching for the Cardinals, and his catcher is going to be Yadier Molina. Tonight, they will set the record. Yadier Molina will have caught Adam Wainwright as a starter for the most games, I think today's game, 324 or something like that. That is the most of any battery in the history of baseball. And Adam Wainwright started, Mets fans know this, as a closer back in 06, not even as a starter. So they have pitched together that many games. It's it's crazy. It says it's it's it it's unheard of. Thirty starts a year is a is a good year for a pitcher. But let's just say thirty five starts. But let's say thirty. It's easier for math. That means for ten or eleven years, a pitcher and a catcher have been on the same team and pitched to each other every start of the season. So neither the pitcher was hurt nor the catcher. It's the craziest record I've ever seen. Well, when you've got a credit, when you've got a record like that, it's sort of a big game. I know I had Max Fried winning the Cy Young. He may not. He, I mean, I don't think he's going to win. But Corbin Burns was definitely in consideration. Maybe I had him last. Did I have Corbin Burns last year? I can't remember. Anyway, so let's go to the Cardinals Brewers. The Brewers have completely faded since the hater trade. That's okay. The Padres haven't done better. The Brewers are now so far behind the Cardinals, they're not going to catch them. But still, here's how the mentality goes. So I want to get you an updated games back for the Brewers because it's a funny way that we think about it. So 
The Brewers right now are seven games back. So let's say you go into a three-game series, and the view is always the same. We are going to sweep them. We're four back with two weeks to go. We can make up four games in 14 days. Of course, if you win the series two to one, you only make up one game, and then you're six back with the same 14 to go, and you're pretty much out of it. But then you still say, all right, let's sweep our next series. You never want to believe you're out when you're mathematically alive. But tonight, we're going with the Cardinals. Wainwright's going to have a great game, and it's really cool, the record that they're doing. The Brewers are, by the way, two back of the Padres. Of course, I'm rooting for the Brewers. They're my I love Milwaukee and the Brewers, but can you imagine if they catch the Padres and the Padres with Juan Soto and everyone else they have, Manny Machado, Josh Hader, Josh Bell. How's Josh Bell been since the Nationals traded him and it was the greatest thing? How did A.J. Preller get Josh Bell on the Padres as part of the Soto trade? What a genius. <laughs> if the Milwaukee Brewers catch the Padres... I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. I will run naked through the quad on my way to KFC. No, I will not do a Will Ferrell. Cards over the Brewers. Okay, I want to uh, end the show mentioning one thing that is uh, quite spectacular. Are you watching Aaron Judge? Are you watching Shohei Otani? And are you watching Albert Pujols? The stories going on for this last month of the season. A, it's history because Aaron Judge is now only 16 home runs away from the single season record. If he hits two home runs a game for the next eight games, he will be at 73. Now, of course, all of you people who say that's not the record, Roger Maris has the record of 61. Everyone else was on steroids. Maybe. But guess what? It's still the record. Barry Bonds has the single season record. Like it or not, Aaron Judge is going to have the Yankees record. That's pretty cool. But when a player gets a team record, like when Stanton won the team record for the Marlins. You celebrate it. You put it on the board. You comment, hey, he now has the most home runs in a season of anyone on the Marlins. I get it. I'm in. But he's not going to be the home run champion. So the next question is, are you going to, are you watching him if you're not a Yankees fan? Are you watching Albert Pujols get to 700? True, there's been three people who have 700 home runs, so he'd only be the fourth. Does that make it cool? He's already in fourth place all time. It's just remarkable what he's doing at 40 years old. Is it cool to watch Aaron Judge set the American League record? Yeah, it's cool. But what Shohei Otani is doing is way more cool. And I am going to continue to pound the pavement that's Shohei Otani. I'm a convert. And when you do something wrong, of course, you overcompensate. You try to make up for it twice more than you should. But I was so wrong about Otani that I need to mention him constantly down the stretch. He's hitting at the top of his lineup, in the middle of his lineup. He's got over 34 home runs. He has an ERA in the twos. 
and Aaron Judge is the prohibitive favorite for MVP because everyone says, hey, you set the American record for home runs on a team that's in first place, you've got to be the MVP. That's true. But for Aaron Judge to be Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge would have to also be Garrett Cole. Except Otani's a better pitcher than Garrett Cole this year. And the odds are just so crazy to me. Yes, Aaron Judge is having a spectacular season. Yes. Without Aaron Judge, would the Yankees be in first place? I hear you. I understand what you're saying. With Shohei Otani, the Angels are still not playing in October. I hear you. But for me, MVP is who is the best player in baseball. The best player, not the best offensive player, not the best pitcher, that's Cy Young. Who is the best player? Don't bet minus 1450 on Judge for MVP because I think the writers over these next two weeks are going to realize that they're witnessing not history with Aaron Judge setting the American League record and the Yankees record, but the true history when we look back on these Shohei Otani two years of baseball, last year and this year, when he's better this year, will be the two greatest years in the history of baseball. Yeah, I'm going to keep talking about it. And I have nothing, I have no business involvement at all. Aaron Judge, good luck with the MVP race. It's just business. We'll see you tomorrow. We didn't get to Columbia, Coca. I want to get to Columbia, and we will tomorrow. This is Nothing Personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.